you are pretty much setting him up to be a running back in the NFL, aren't you? Or a convict, one of the two. I mean, sometimes they're one and the same, Brad. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> I just like saying smash you, go I know, you, I know yeah, we've, we've noticed. I think we've noticed, Banjo. Justice. It's my cat, Whenever you have to pump up the fact that you signed a kicker, you suck. Come on, Brad. This is a Garden of Minshew podcast. This is a Garden of Minshew friendly podcast, Brad. G'day Aussie Gridiron fans, welcome back to G'day Gridiron. It is the final week of our divisional round previews for the season. August has been a great month. We've done some really stellar work. We're pretty happy with it. Hope you guys are too. We're on to the south this week. So I think we'll call it Manjot, Brad, how does uh, deep down in the dirty south, is it too long? Oh, I, think, I was thinking, I was thinking, uh, just by by how bad these divisions could be, the stinking south. Oh, <laughs> stinky! I don't want to be that negative, Brad. <laughs> any thoughts on? Well, yeah, I mean, that's actually more positive than what I was going to say. I was going <laughs> to say the south suck, but uh, you know. no, I don't want. To, I definitely don't want to be that negative. Not after we superlatives I've come up with for the other stuff. How about yeah. just the, how about just the dirty south? How about we go with the Dirty South? All right. There All we right. Go. So yeah. welcome to the Dirty South, listeners. Uh, <laughs> we are in the AFC South, AFC South Territory. Look, we got to call it the Dirty South. There are some interesting teams to talk yeah. about today, though. And after week two of preseason, some of these teams got a little more spicy, a little more interesting to talk about. A lot of them are still going to be garbage. But they have got some interesting storylines for the future. And I feel like we're going to be talking more today about what the future of some of these teams could look like rather than what 2023 could look like for these teams. Absolutely. Yeah. I think I think some of the storylines, like you said, regardless of how good or bad they are, I think some of the storylines uh, around each of these teams, especially the quarterback play, and just some of the the coaching uh, matchups and decisions. I, yeah, I th- I'm I'm intrigued by the whole divisions, both of them. Well, let's um let's dive into this. Last week was an absolute cluster uh, when it came to our timer. We um we talked for almost 18 minutes on the Chiefs out of our 25 minute timer, so we went well and truly over. So anyone that sat through that mammoth episode last week for the AFC uh, West and then had to sit through a very short NFC West. I promise again, and I did forget to put up NFC West and I said it when I put it up. I definitely wasn't trying to screw man John out of 49ers talk, but (laughs) (laughs) But it may have seemed like it to some people. No, I wasn't. We just talked a lot on the Chiefs, which was very well, uh, very well deserved. But so 25 minutes on the clock. We're going to see how close we can get to 25 minutes. Manjot is going to start us off. We are in the AFC South, and we are going to start off with the Jacksonville Jaguars. The division champions from last year, the Jacksonville Jaguars, they actually made it to the playoffs and won the division for the first time since 2017 last year. And that was led on the back of a great second half of the season, especially by Trevor Lawrence, their young, promising quarterback, the prince of their town, who's probably the king at this point, I reckon, because of how he did last year. And then after him, there's a lot of new pieces that are going to be playing alongside him. So they did bring back Evan Ingram tight end on the franchise tag, but then it gets shaken up running back 
even though Travis Etienne has been the top guy there for about a year, they brought in T Tank Bigsby in the draft, and he's been actually getting a lot of hype in the preseason, which is very interesting because ETN definitely has a lock on that running back one position, but it's really that carry share, I think, between Bigsby and ETN that's getting a lot of people interested in that backfield. And wide receiver-wise, obviously they brought in Calvin Ridley to compliment Christian Kirk. Ridley was brought in at the trade deadline last year. He obviously didn't play because of his gambling suspension, but if he's back to his best in Atlanta, as in his Atlanta days, I think it would be great for the Jaguars. I think Ridley is probably their big signing of the offseason or last season, technically. He's their big addition this season, as you can say. And I think they're pretty solid across the offensive line. You know, the weapons I just said are real solid. Trevor, I think he's going to take another leap this year. I'm very excited. That's why I took him in the best team draft, because I'm very excited to see Trevor Lawrence this year. And defense. I think the defense looks very solid as well. I mean, you've got guys like Josh Allen, Trayvon Walker, who was the pick number one last year. He should be back this year. For inside the Lovacon at the inside linebacker slot, the safeties such as uh, Rayshon Jenkins, they, they've got some real solid pieces across the board in the Jacksonville Jaguars defense. And I think this team is real primed to take another leap. I think there's another big chance they could win the AFC South this year. I, I think they're going to be fun to watch. You know, I, I don't think they're necessarily going to, you know, they're, they're a little bit away from being real deep playoff contenders, but I'm a Trevor Lawrence believer. And I, I mean, have you ever seen a team transform so much just by moving their coach out? I mean, Urban Meyer was such a dumpster fire. I hate that guy. And I am just so grateful that he is out of the league. I wish he'd be out of football personally, but it's just, I, I love Jacksonville. I love what they're doing. And I'm excited to to watch them. But if you name if you name a bloke Tank, when you name your baby Tank when they're born, <laughs> and I, clearly it's not uh, is it his real name? No, is it's it not his real name. No. I was watching uh, That's but, Good Sports on on YouTube today, and he was so disappointed when he found out that Tank's Bigsby's real name is not Tank. I can't even remember <laughs> what it actually was, but he said that Tank's Tank Bigsby's stock moves down because. He, his first name is not Tank. It's actually Cartavius. I, well, Carta I can see why they call him Tank for short then. Okay, no, Cartavius, no. I get that. You call him the kid Tank, you are pretty much setting him up to be a running back in the NFL, aren't you? Or, or a convict, one of the two. You know, <laughs> I mean, Sometimes they're one and the same, Brad. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> so, I mean, what a name. He's it's just got It's a superstar name written all over it, isn't it? So, oh, it's fantastic. Oh. Imagine, I mean, imagine he was like the first overall pick, and then you could say tank for tank. <laughs> tank for tank. Your that team's got a tank for Sitting on that, man, Josh. All right, I'm, I'm moving off that dump. <laughs> Speaking two, of dumpster fires. I, I had that in my, for, in my brain for two seconds. Okay, Speaking, I was, of, I was speaking of dumpster fires. Right, we're going to move off that. All right, so there, <laughs> the Jags under over, currently nine and a half. Their schedule... Is um it's a little bit up mm. and down, I would say, in mm. terms of who like strong teams, mid teams, um, 
they play a few here and there. So they start off with the Colts, and then they get hit up by the Chiefs, uh, then Texans, Falcons, then into the Bills. So it's kind of back and forth for them. Could be a bit of an odd season, but it also looks like a season where they might be able to really solidify that next jump for Trevor Lawrence and the offense in terms of how they finished off last season. And you can see there's obviously been some, in, in preseason so far, you can see there's been some progression and it does look kind of fun. I'd really love them to get that whole offense together and, and continue, I guess, that fun, exciting atmosphere that you really want from a team that is like this. So not enough. also with that schedule, yeah. just as you were saying, really that up and down, I think that's actually pretty good for them because, you know, they can get some easy wins and then like have some momentum when they're playing, say, the Chiefs after being the Colts or they play the Bills after playing the Texans and Atlanta, like that sort of thing. Or they can go into the bye after playing the Colts, Saints and Steelers, three teams they can beat. And then they can come off the bye with some a little bit of momentum against the Niners, for example. Like mm-hmm. that sort of thing. They can build that sort of momentum across the season just by playing the worst teams. And then they can build that momentum into the big game. So I think that kind of does work into their favor, to be honest. I love that we get Jacksonville versus Tennessee again as the last game of the season for this division. That <laughs> yeah. sets up yeah. sets up and bodes very well. I also love that Jacksonville have the Titans, both Titans games after their bye. So they've got both Colts games before their bye, both Titans games after their bye. I think by their bye in uh, early November, we're really going to know what this team is and we're really going to know whether we can get hyped about them or not. So under over nine and a half, boys, any feelings so far, Major? I'm smashing the over. You know that. I I think the Jacksonville Jaguars, I think they, again, can sweep the division. I think they're going to win all six there and then I think they can pick up four more across the board. So I think I'm gonna smash up the over there. You know, I to be honest with you, I think nine nine point five is right bang on. Um if they so I'm I'm really torn. I think it could go either way. I think I'm not as positive as Manjot, but I'm uh I I'll take the over, but it's probably a really reluctant one. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm sitting with you, Brad. I'm going to take the over, and it is purely because of these divisional games. I think yep. they do get the worst of it in terms of getting matched up with their uh, the first teams in the other divisions that they're playing uh, this season, which, uh, of course, is AFC North and NFC South. So they do get teams like the Bengals and the Ravens and the Chiefs. And the Bills, so they do get their worst there, but I think some of the other games are great, and I think I will reluctantly go with the over, but only because I I I really think that they'll they will get to that ten or eleven mark, and that's about it. Yeah, I agree with that too. I agree they'll get to ten or eleven, but not over that. I just think it's it's pro- I just don't think the the odds of them going under are really that great. I think they've got a real good chance of going over. That's why I said smash the over. Mm. I just like saying smash the over too, by the way. I know, you, I know yeah, we've, we've noticed. <laughs> I think we've noticed, Manjot. Just to... uh, all right. catchphrase. It's Manjot's new catchphrase on Pastry Press NFL is smash the over. So hashtag smash the over. All right, let's move on to the Tennessee Titans. They've had a very interesting couple of weeks, the Titans. Uh, mm. Some some interesting practices. They've they've played a lot of their second teams. We've seen a lot of Malik Willis 
we're yet to really see a big chunk of Will Levis, which has been a little bit disappointing. He did get uh, injured in one of the practices. So we did see a lot of Malik Willis this uh, this last preseason game in, in week two. I mean, they've had a very interesting week. They had a practice with the Patriots that was called off because Isaiah Bolden went down after colliding with the teammates. The Patriots, Isaiah Bolden went down after colliding with a teammate and with an injury, it left him immobilized, placed in the stretcher. He is okay now. He is out of hospital and he is back sort of traveling with the team. They're managing his injury. But of course, that practice got called off, that joint practice did. Then they went to Minnesota and... We saw Malik Willis rushing for 91 yards and throwing a touchdown, 281 yards. He got through the air as well. Some stellar passes, some great play. He took off. When he takes off, he takes off with speed. And this is where I think when I talked about maybe talking about the future, I think Malik Willis is – him and Will Levis are definitely – one of those two are definitely the future of this franchise. I'm a little – bit disappointed with the Titans at this stage because they do seem to still be going so run heavy this season. Why are we sticking with Ryan Tannehill? I really think we probably could have moved on and gone with one of those two guys as QB1 and just move your franchise forward altogether. Um, I don't think you would have had... I don't think you really would have seen a difference in a year, from my opinion, this year. I don't think it would have made too much of a difference moving on from Tannehill and moving to one of those two. I think you would still be the same team that we're probably going to see in 2023 anyway. They had some great show, some great rookies show out. Uh, Tajay Spears had um, a great game against Minnesota. Uh, Julius Chestnut, amazingly, what a name again. He rushed for 98 yards and, uh, and a TD. Great. I mean, the dude was getting a lot of ball. It was, um, it was fun to watch. Um, I don't know what you boys think, but I, um, I seem to think that we could have, we could have really just done with seeing Malik Willis or even Will Levis this year. Yeah, I I, I think the way Vrabel's wired the coach, he's he he's gonna go with the the best guy, he, regard in the moment, regardless of the future per se. And I think right now, and going you know going into week one, uh, they think Tannehill's gonna give him the best shot. I I don't think they're sold on Malik Willis just from the just from the tape that you know he had last year on him, he was just too inconsistent in in my opinion. Mm. Uh, I I would love to see uh, the, the rookie they drafted. I'm I'm excited to see see what he can do. You know he he's kind of a boomer bust guy. So either way, I, I I hope he plays some this season. I think with the with the quarterback situation. I think they're going to ride with Tannehill as long as they can. If they're out of contention, mm-hmm. then then they'll give reps to either Willis or Levis. Now, mm-hmm. the thing is with that Titus roster, though, I- I've just got to say it. They're massively underrated. Like, this team is mm-hmm. massively underrated. Everyone's disrespecting the Titans right now. I- I'm going to be the first one to say it. Straight up. They're being absolutely disrespected by the national media. They're being called washed. They're being called uh, over the hill, I guess. I mean, people are just saying this is the end of the Titans in a rebuild phase. But I I think the Titans are a lot better than what people think. And the thing is, 
they were on top of that division for a long time last year until the injuries came in. Like everyone, that team just absolutely, especially defense, absolutely just died after like week, I think it was week 11, week 12, just everyone like dropped like flies on that defense. Like they just couldn't do anything. Tannehill got injured as well. So, and then Willis, I think he got injured or I think he was benched it was. Just they just didn't have any continuity at quarterback, so it's good they brought in Levis, I guess. But the thing is, this is still a pretty decent Titans team. I would I would just like to say that up front. I mean, I know we're just we're talking about their future, but you you still got Derrick Henry and DeAndre Hopkins, two guys who are real ballers out there. I think Traylon Burks is going to be a decent guy this year. I know he got injured recently, but luckily he should be back around the start of the year. So hopefully he's ready to go when he's coming back. They still got some ballers on defense. They got Jeffrey Simmons up the front. One of my favorite defensive linemen, by the way. He's just so big and strong up there. I, I think he can fight for a lot of blocks. You got, they just signed Aziz Alshair, who was amazing on the Niners. You know, you Are you going to go through every person on this roster, man, Jot? Oh, no, no. I love Kevin Byer too. All right. There's a few guys in defense that really, that were really slept on. I just want to say, like, straight up front, I'm defending, defending the Titans. Look, I, I think I defend the Titans. It's put on chest. I think the only reason that the national media says that they're, that they're washed is that, is that narrative around Tannehill. Yeah. I, he's eight, yeah. he's 35 years old this year, and he hasn't really performed to uh, the peaks that other guys uh, his age have. Um, and he's always been injury plagued. So there's that. And then there's Henry. Everyone keeps waiting for when Derek Henry's drop off is they keep waiting for his cliff. So every year he gets older and older and older. And he's, we all know what aging running backs are like. Everyone expects, is this the year that Derek Henry's and they just come out in preseason assuming that he's going to be washed. And then by week six, uh, by week six, we see him against the Texans putting 200 yards on the ground. Yeah, and then everyone says, "We're, you know, oh, will he will he do this forever?" Well, yes, he will do it forever. But it looks good. Um, I mean, he keeps his body in great shape too. I mean, he's squatting he like what six hundred pounds, seven hundred pounds. So yeah, pretty much he just keeps his body in great <laughs> shape every year. So I'm definitely not sleeping on him. I just have a real yeah, question 100%. over the quarterback. And as I said, oh, yeah, I think I think Tannehill versus Willis or Will Levis. I think we could have seen the same Titans with either one of the two the two younger guys versus with Tannehill. They could have saved themselves a bucket load of money, which they probably could have spelt, spent elsewhere within their depth. Um, yeah. One other name I would like to shout out is a guy that we were all pretty high on during our earlier off-season draft stuff, uh, and that is Peter Skoronsky. Yeah. Um, so it, at guard, they picked Peter Skoronsky, and um, so, so he's there. Looking forward to seeing that as well. All right, we will... Move quickly through. Under over is at seven and a half for these guys. Now their schedule, like I said, they're up against the twos. Even easier considering that they're up against the Souths. Seven and a half for me seems very low for this team. I think they are a little bit slept on. Uh, and at seven and a half, I think that's where people are really. You are right, Manjot. There is a little bit of disrespect there. There's there's not a great deal of teams here that can. I think really blow them out. I think there's a lot of close games in this. Um, so seven and a half for me, I'm going to say over. I'm just going to start us there. I'm going to say that'll be over seven and a half. I would expect them to be around nine, 10. Uh, and I really want to see a 
a strong finish to this division with the Jags again. So almost equal one game in it, which will be the winning game, basically. So I'm going to go over. So I, I think this is going to be a, a tale of two halves or or separated by the bye. I think you're going to see two mm-hmm. teams here. Uh, I think I think they could go into their bye, which is week seven. I would not be surprised if they go into that bye or week six, one and five, Um, because they're going against the Saints, then the Chargers at at Cleveland against the Bengals at Indy and against Baltimore. I think the only game they win out of that is Indy, but I think they turn it around in that second half. So, and I think they, and I never count variable out. I'm a huge fan of coaching. Obviously I'm a little bit biased, so I'm going, not going to smash the over, but I'm taking the over by a sliver. By a sliver. So eight. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) By a sliver. Major, quickly. Yeah, I agree with Brad. I'm just going to take the over here. I I think they really slept on. I think that Vrabel, he's going to keep his guys on task and he's going to get them fighting out there. Awesome. So all overs. As long as they're not biting kneecaps and that kind of stuff. (laughs) I I was going to say, as long as they're not literally fighting too. Yes. No, as long as they're literally not. Uh, All right, Brad. Way too long. We've gone way too long. Indianapolis Colts, Brad. You got it. All right. I think that the hindsight uh, 2020 quote from last year would be uh, when Colt uh, owner Jim Irizay says, you want to bet against this guy? Put your money down, people. Love to see it. And, of course, he's uh, talking about Jeff Saturday as the new head coach. And <laughs> what did the Colts do? They decided to go one in seven with Saturday. They uh, only put up uh, – I think more than 30 points three times all season. Uh, that was with Saturday, but they lost uh, all those games. So uh, I think luckily for Colts fans, it didn't work out because in comes Shane Steichen. Uh, and he is a little bit of an offensive guru in the style. Obviously, he was Jalen Hurts' coach with Philly. So the the parallel that people are drawing is that, okay, what he did with Hertz in Philly, he's going to do with Richardson uh, in Indy. Now that's going to be whether or not that that's going to be the million dollar question: Is Anthony Richardson going the number four pick going to be able to turn this Colts team around? Is he going to be able to play like rookie of the year? The dude has only had thirteen career starts. So my take is he's going to struggle mightily, but you're going to see flashes of absolute brilliance. I don't know if you guys saw that clip or not, where he was practicing off-platform throws, and he jumps up in the air, and just pure arm, the dude hurls it 60 yards. All arm. All arm. And hit the crossbar too, right? uh, Well, this one was to a coach. Yeah, this one was was to a coach one Brad was talking about. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's just absolutely unreal. But, the, you know, the, the kind of thing that scares me a little bit about them, the Colts, is like they're touting one of their, their big signings in the offseason is their kicker. Uh, the, the fact that they, <laughs> they gave a kicker this massive contract. Whenever you have to pump up the fact that you signed a kicker, you suck. 
So, <laughs> I, no, they, look, they're pumping him up the same way they pumped up McAfee when they signed McAfee. Yeah. So oh, yeah. I, no, think, I was thinking I think, it's a Pat McAfee. Effect. This is yeah. this is what they this is what the Colts are doing. They're looking for the next McAfee in Matt Gay. That's why I they're... love it. I love so, it. It's great. Now, now, Brad, by flashes of brilliance it, from quarterback during the season, do you mean Gardner Minshew? <laughs> no, no, I don't. No. Oh, Bradley, he, this is I love Gardner Minshew, so I'm I know I'm, bit, I'm bitterly disappointed. That, Come on, Brad, that, this is I'm a bitterly, Gardner Minshew podcast. This is a Gardner I'm Minshew friendly podcast. Bitterly man. disappointed that Richardson is as good as he is. <laughs> Only for the pure fact that I won't get to see Minshew play. But how it, there's a quote during the week where he basically said, I'm here for that guy. I'm here to teach him what I, I can it. teach him. And, you know, and I love that. And that was love that it. was Minshew is a baller. He's a football head in and like through and through every day of the week. Eats, breathes, sleeps it. Uh so to hear him say that he is basically there to help Richardson become mm. the, the best version of himself he can be, I love it. Uh, today we record on a Tuesday this this particular pod, and today Jonathan Taylor was given the go ahead by the Colts to seek a trade. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna put it out there right now: is Jonathan Taylor will not be on this team. I did say earlier today that it's basically going to be played on this team or nowhere. But I had a bit of a think today, and I've listened to a few other things, and then I realised the Miami Dolphins lost out on Cook based on money. Well, they mm-hmm. now know what it took in terms of money to sign Dalvin Cook to the Jets. So I would I would willing to bet that they will throw a similar figure either to what they threw at Cook, which is would be just under what he actually got from the Jets, or about the same at Jonathan Taylor to try and grab him over to the Miami Dolphins. So I expect that we won't see Jonathan Taylor here, and the Colts are going to be running out there at running back with Zach Moss and Dion Jackson. Mm. Um, you know, mm. and it, it's going to tear apart this team. And I don't like the future in terms of 2023 for this team. I do like the future in terms of 2024 and onwards because they do have a guy at uh, at quarterback, but they do need to get stronger around him. Yeah, I thought the Taylor request, by the way, just that mm. that trade request was real. It's it's a real showing that yeah, there's not really much of a relationship between both sides. They're both wanting out, so I think they're really going to mend that relationship at, if Taylor's going to play for the Colts. But in that, uh, with with Richardson, I really think this is going to be a real rebuilding year for the Colts. They're going to have to play Richardson as much as they can, get him the reps, like they did with Peyton Manning back in 1998 and Andrew Locke back in 2012. They really got to get the reps into him. So I think this one, unfortunately, the line at six and a half, I'm going to take the under just because I think there's going to be a bit of growing pains there with Anthony Richardson there. So I'm I'm going to go the under. I'm going to go the other two. I think there's too many teams here that they're going to come up against this season that are um, going to just be too tough for them. There's teams here that know how to eke out a win, uh, especially mm. a close one. Uh, doesn't matter who's on that team. So I think it's going to be too tough. I'm excited though. This this week they do have the they do play the Eagles in their third preseason game, and Anthony Richardson will be playing. He's probably expecting to play the majority of that first half. The starters for the Eagles will be playing on defense as well, 
So that will be an interesting showing of just how well this O-line and Richardson can go when they're going up against uh, such a defensive powerhouse as the, the Eagles. So uh, I'm going under for sure. I think six and a half is too much. They only won four games last year, and I expect that that would be about the same. Brad? Yeah, I think the Colts have just a massive uh, range of outcomes. I think, you know, because they have one of the easiest schedules, so I can see them going over. Um, but with this whole thing with JT holding over them, I think they're going to be just not nearly as good. And I think he will get traded. So I'm actually taking the under it, just like you guys. Righto. We seem to be in lockstep today. Don't we? Oh, it's all, always like that. All three of us. All right. All let's, right. let's move on in lockstep to the Houston Texans. Now, I think it's a similar story with the Houston Texans as it is with the Colts. They went through the majority of last season with Davis Mills, who did really well at quarterback for them, steadied that ship, held it down. Because they came out of the, the year with only three wins, they got some great picks, though, during the draft. So they did sort of load up a lot more there. Pick CJ Stroud, which is a, a great pick at quarterback. Now they've got to build around him. Went and got Devin, Devin Singletary for a, an absolute steal. I think he's a great... Uh, RB2 behind Damian Pierce. They brought in Dalton Schultz as well at tight end. Uh. There's, but they've still got a long way to go, I think, offensively, especially offensive line behind Stroud, especially in wide receiver room. We've really only got Robert Woods there. Nico Collins and Noah Brown didn't, didn't do too, too badly, but there's not a lot of big experience there, and I think that that's what they're going to miss. Um, I will also point out there is another tank on this team. Tank Dell, of course, wide receiver, <laughs> yeah. who is out there on this one. Defensively, though, they made another great pick. They've got CJ Stroud on one side of their QB. They shored up the defense, their leader with defense with Will Anderson Jr. That was two great picks. We all talked about it, especially Manjot did on Pastry Press at the time during the draft. Great picks for these guys. Good building blocks. Good building blocks for the future. 2023, however, I'm not really sold. I don't expect them to do much more than just sit there and thereabouts and just try and grow the game and get better around these building blocks that they've put in place. Yeah, it's a very young team, very young team for the Texans. I think there's going to be a a lot of struggles still ahead for this team, unfortunately. I mean, they've got real good talent across the board. I mean, we've just talked about Stroud. There's Damian Pierce, the running back, who I'm absolutely in love with uh, in fantasy because he's just an absolute he, – He's I just love his running style. You know, he just never fights. He never quits. He just always fights. He just always is fighting until the last tackle. It, it's just great. Um, You know, you got Laramie Tunsil and Titus Howard as your tackles. That's actually real good. They got, they got some real good building blocks in that offense, defense, as you said. I mean, you got Will Anderson Jr., but how about the secondary? I love the secondary, by the way. Derek Stingley Jr., their high draft pick from last year. Mm. Galen Petrie, the free safety. Absolutely love this dude. Highly underrated. His rookie season was one for the ages, I reckon, in terms of safety. So I'm I'm massively hyping him up. He's got Jimmy Ward. Jimmy Ward, of course. Yeah, yeah stalwart for the Niners. So he'll be mentoring Petrie and some of the other guys back there as well. I think there's some real good signs there. D'Amico Ryan's obviously coming in as head coach too, led the Niners to the number rank, number like, one ranked defense. I like Ryan's too. I like Ryan's as a guy. Very level-headed. 
He's coming back to his team. So that's a yep. that's a it's a big thing. I like his the way he he coaches. 100%. Um and I've heard him in a couple of interviews this offseason and uh love the stuff that he's been saying about this team and the culture that they're trying to build too. So Yeah. Yep. He's good. He's a good guy. I think he's the right guy for them. Unfortunately, with their over under totals, you had them at six and a half currently, Ian. Yeah, it's six and a half. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna have to take the under, unfortunately. I love I love the guys they have in Houston. There's a lot of good young guys. I love D'Amico Ryans, but unfortunately, it's a year too early for them to really be contenders. Maybe a few years too early. So yeah, under for me. Yeah, I'm 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 gonna go uh with you guys. I just think I like what they're doing, but uh I, I just don't see them having the horses uh this this season. Uh, so I'm taking the under. Yeah, I hate this line. I hate this six and a half line. Uh, yeah. I would, I would love this line to be lower so that I could take an over. Um, right, right. Only three wins last season, and I think they get past that three wins. But I don't know if they get to seven. It's such yeah. a hard, it's such a hard line for me to to do. So I, I have to take, I have to take the under. But I believe that they're going to get close to that. Like it might be six wins. For me, it could be six, seven wins. You know, I mean, it could be, I'm fence sitting, sitting almost uh, this week, and I just hate that line. I think I actually believe they're going to do better than the Colts this season, um, but I just I don't believe in six and a half. So I am too going to take the under. So we are all in lockstep, boys. Not far over twenty five minutes. That's not bad. There we go. That's, oh, we that's not bad yeah. for a division. Let's talk about division standings, though. For the AFC South, Manjot, do you want to start us off? I think we like. Where are we all going to go with this, Manjot? Start us oh, off. <laughs> I think it's going to be the exact same as last year. So Jags first, Titans second, Colts third, Texans fourth. I'm I'm exactly with Manjot. Same order. I think the only thing I feel is that I uh, feel the Texans might get over the Colts. So I would mm-hmm. think Jags, Titans, Texans, Colts. Really hoping for a shootout with Jags and Titans. Uh, yeah. For first, second, I'm actually maybe hoping for a bit of a shootout with Texans Colts just for the hell of it. Those two young teams should go up against each other and really try and make the best of it and try and build this division to try and figure out how to take on the Jags and the Titans in future. I yeah. think so. All right, that's the AFC South for this week. G'day Gridiron is brought to you by the Aussie Gridiron Network, a network of Australian podcasts bringing you some of the best content from the NFL and the local game. Check out our other podcasts, Aussie NFL Fantasy and No Huddle Dynasty. 